I wanted to I wanted to do something like, uh, hey Jimmy, you know the only thing worse than this podcast? What? Fascists. Bum 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah. But that implies that that implies that this podcast and fascists are actually fairly close together, which I don't like. <laughs> On in terms scale. of how bad things are. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you will about this podcast. We never incited insurrection at the US Capitol building. <laughs> that is true. We've never done that. <laughs> you know it's surprisingly easy to do, not do that. It's um I I am I'm very speaking... proud of the amount of time that we've gone without inciting an insurrection. <laughs> speaking of uh inciting insurrection, Tyler, I feel like we as responsible podcast owners need to stand in solidarity with our countrymen um and I feel like uh in order to do that we need to ban Donald Trump from Jimmy Wins 4. He will no longer have access to our platform. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Jimmy wins four. Donald loses. <laughs> just, you need to go into the code and just blacklist his name or just like put it all the way down at the bottom with zero points. Negative one points because everyone no, not, else who plays gets no points. Can't even be on the list. Not not appearing in can't this Can't even film. be on the list. Get him out of here. <laughs> It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're talking about season three, episode... Uh, where my notes go? 17. 17 Brothers in Arms, a, part one. Has it only been 17 episodes? It feels like it's not a lot of episodes. Like a lot of things but in 2020. <laughs> our perception of time has been warped beyond mortal understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's only episode seventeen. Somehow, uh, this is part one of three. I realized. So we're doing part one now, and then two and three will be next week, I guess. Um, I cannot believe the yeah. translated title for this episode. This is wild. Oh, we will fucking get to it, my friend. Uh, I want to thank everybody, all of our listeners, uh, for bearing with us during the holiday break. We took a couple weeks off just to rest and relax. Jimmy, are you rested? Oh yeah, the last few weeks here in America have been super relaxing. Super, I'm, super I'm cool. chilled out. Everybody's calm. <laughs> um, yeah. Should we address that? I feel like we should address that like in a serious fashion, real quick. I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have. We don't have to. I guess. I I said this on the on the Discord, and I want to say it here in the podcast. This is officially. It always has been, but I want to like restate it. This is officially a podcast that hates racists and fascists and bigots and and you know anybody who wants to stage an insurrection on our capital uh, can fuck right off. This is not the podcast yeah. for you. If you're trying to like break into the Capitol building to execute our elected officials, please number one, don't do that. To listen to another Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, even if you voted Democrat last year, right? Like, like if you're doing that at all, just 
reevaluate your life choices, please. Please, so anyway. I work in local government. I'm the guy working in those buildings. Please don't exactly. attack where I live, where I work. Exactly. So I just, I just want to get that up front. We know that this is a comedy podcast. This is a show where we watch a children's television show and talk about it. So we're not going to get incredibly serious, but I don't think the last two weeks should go by uncommented on. Yikes, Aroni. Yikes. Uh, now, Jimmy. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> summation of the last couple of weeks. Yikes. <laughs> That's going to be uh, a yikes from me, dog. <laughs> Jimmy, I, I spent a lot of the holiday break just watching television and playing games. I I have almost finished all of the uh, uh, the prophecies in Hades. I'm, I'm two away from finishing the whole game. Um, you, I understand, from our shared document, have been involving yourself in a very different sort of political struggle in Middle Earth. Yes, uh, I've... I took a break from playing Final Fantasy XIV all the time, and instead I re-downloaded uh, Shadow of Mordor. Uh, the I think it came out in, what, 2015? Yeah, 2015, 2016. Uh, uh, that's the Lord of the Rings colon Middle Earth colon Shadow of Mordor. It's a, lo- it's a, bi- it's a bit of a mouthful, but colon the Colon Game is... of the Year. <laughs> colon uh, Extended Edition. <laughs> colon electric boogaloo colon the badlands dlc <laughs> they put out so much dlc for that game sorry brief aside there is so much dlc for that game but tell me okay There's tell me ton. what what is this story that you needed to tell me about about shadow of mordor oh yeah so in shadow of mordor i got like 99 percent of the way through the game and then just set it down like four years ago and never picked it back up again so i sure. downloaded again uh played through the last I was only like 20 minutes near the end of the game. And then I was like, oh, that was it? Okay. So (laughs) four years ago, if I had just sat down for another 20 minutes, I would have beaten Sauron. Well, beaten heavily in quotes, because one of the main ideas in the game is that you do not fuck around with these rings of power. Like, you cannot use them for good. You can try, but it's I would argue that's one of the main premises of the book, yes. Yes. Um, so I, down- I bought the sequel because it was on sale for 10 bucks. It's a very fun game. Uh, you basically just run around in Mordor using... You forge a new ring of power and then use that to, like, bind orcs to your will and try and, like, split Mordor from within. Um, anyway... that's the- never gone wrong. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? And it turns out a lot for your poor orcs. Uh, because the these games are famous for their nemesis system, where you have your like garden variety orcs running around, but then every so often you'll find a captain, and there's like maybe like 10, 20 captains in each area, and they all have different names and appearances and uh, like stats and things that like will work well against them, like stealth and things that won't work well against them. Yeah, I, that's the thing that I loved about Shadow of Mordor, because you're talking about Shadow of War now, right? The yes. sequel. So the mm. thing I loved about Shadow of Mordor was how each captain got like a dating profile, where it was like, <laughs> likes, long walks on the beach, dislikes, bees. And every time you like clicked on them, the like there would be like a war chant of their name. Yeah. Which yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. was really cool. So um, I encor- encountered in Shadow of War this one orc named Shaka. Um, and I found out about Shaka is that he is immune to fire. 
Um, and so I was like, that's pretty good. Uh, so I used the power of the ring to bind him to my will, uh, made him, put him on my team, uh, gave him some cool fiery, uh, axes. He was dual wielding these fire axes, which is pretty baller. Um, and so I sent him off to infiltrate, uh, a fortress and so once he was able to infiltrate the fortress, he would become then become the bodyguard of the leader of the fortress. And so once I, once I went to attack the captain of the fortress, uh, he would then backstab that guy and help me attack him. Oh, shit. But to, in order to do that, he has to prove his worth in the fight pits, which is basically Orc Thunderdome. Two orcs enter, one orc leaves. Wait, wait, wait. Is this to prove himself to you or to this other orc that he's infiltrating? To the orc that he's infiltrating. Okay, okay. I was picturing you there I, with your own Thunderdome. <laughs> no, I know. I, I support Shaka, uh, my is good there, friend. Is there a Thunderdome simulator game where I can run my own Thunderdome? Because I would love to play that. Hmm. There is a Mad Max game. There, there might be this. a Thunderdome in it. I haven't played I should, it. Okay, I'm going to look that up. Anyway, continue. So he has to prove so, himself. So he had to prove himself. Shaka. Unfortunately... Uh, despite the fact that he's immune to fire, and I gave him cool fire axes so he could set th- the enemy orcs on fire, um, cool. he was he was unable. Once you like set that in motion, you the player can't do anything. It's basically just the AI fighting itself. Uh, and unfortunately, he, f- my good friend Shaka, fell in battle uh, to this other orc, uh, whatever his name. I think it was Snafu. <laughs> Not even joking. <laughs> I love one of the one of the other things about this game is the names are randomly generated, but they yeah. built a generator that gives you such bullshit names. So like what you you get the thing about Shadow of Mortar is that you can like you can die and every time you die in the game, it's canon that you died. And then because you are spoilers for the game, I guess you are a wraith. You just sort of well, you are a, a, a dead ranger bound by dark magics to a wraith of a elf. Right. So, so you go away time... for a while. You died. Yeah. But then you, you come you back. You died, but then later. you just respawn with your fell magics. But the orc who kills you then gets a title and becomes a captain because he just got promoted for killing uh, this wraith who's been right. running around fucking up Mordor. Right. Um, and... Another thing is that orcs that you kill sometimes come back because Sauron is the necromancer. Oh. They will come back for revenge sometimes. And whatever way you kill them, like if you chop an arm off, they will have like these like gross metal bandages, like bolting their arm back onto their body or whatever. Fuck yeah, so, that's rad. Coming back to the story, uh, Shaka, my poor friend Shaka, fell in battle. And I was yeah, like, okay. Out. Um. And there was nothing I could do about it, because it was just a cutscene, basically. Yeah. And so I go about my business, and then a few days later, I'm running around, and behind me, Shaka appears again. But this time, he is out for revenge. He accuses me of watching him die and failing to do anything. Oh, no. Which is true, technically. Yeah, I couldn't do anything. Um, but he tries to kill me again. And so I was like, oh, it's Shaka. I'll just, like, wear him down and then use the ring to, like, bind him to my will again. Fucked up. That is <laughs> fucked up. It gets much, much worse. Oh, no. 
So poor Shaka, um, I, I beat him up, and so I finally get him down. It's like trying to catch a Pokemon, where you have to like yeah. wear them down a little bit, or else they they will escape. Um, so I go to like I beat up Shaka. I go to like use the power of the ring to brainwash him again, essentially. But this time he has gained the trait Iron Will. He cannot be dominated. <sighs> but there is a new option in Shadow of War, which is shame. And what if you, you can shame an orc by you basically destroy their ego, you break their mind, and they go down in level enough for you to capture them again. Oh my Once god, you you're nagging an orc. So it it gets worse than that. So I I have never done this Jimmy, before. So I try and shame him. He screams in horrible agony as I break his mind. Um oh and keep in mind that since he's come back. Uh, he is now, like, covered in all these bandages around his head. He's basically got a burlap sack on his head. Oh so I shame God. him. I, um, and that is supposed to remove the iron will trait. And so I go oh. and find him again. But this time, he is incapable of speech. He is no. still trying to attack me. But now, all he can say is the word man parts. <laughs> Fully voice acted, might I say. I show up and instead, usually you show up and there's like a brief cutscene where the, you lock eyes with these guys yeah. and they have like a little monologue where they talk shit about you or sure. whatever, or each sure, other. Yeah. Um, except poor Shaka, whose name is now Shaka the Broken because I shattered his mind. Oh my. Looks at me and he says, he says parts, man, parts. Parts! I'm all parts! What? And so I I then, like, am able to... Because I have shamed him in such a way, now I he's weakened enough for me to, like, bind his will again. And I feel so bad for the guy. I didn't want to break his oh mind. Oh my god, yeah. So I, so I make him my bodyguard. Uh-huh. And uh, in this game, you can then run around in the world, and if you get in trouble, you can call the captain that is your bodyguard to your side whenever you want to help you fight. Yeah. Um, so I do that for a bit. And then one time I, I call him up and he betrays me again. He knows what I have done to him. He can't express his feelings. All he can yell is man parts, but he Holy tries to stab shit. me in the back. So I have to go through the whole process of beating him down again. I don't want to lose him. I don't want to kill him for good. Is he that good of an orc is the thing? Like, I feel like at this point it's put him out of his misery, you know, like, this is this is torture at this point. He's Im- immune. He's immune to fire, and he's dual wielding fire axes. He's pretty good. In yeah. Battle. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> but he has iron will again, so I have to shame him twice. Oh my god! Wait, what happens the second time you shame him? Uh, b- basically, he just goes down in level again. Oh, okay. He doesn't like also lose some other ability like is he blind and and speechless now or like i don't think so but he's all he can still say is man parts man parts jeez louise so i broke him twice and now he's my my bodyguard again i'll see if he betrays me a second time if he does i might just have to kill him because i feel so bad for poor shaka yeah i do too that story's fucked up jimmy i didn't like that grim dark game like this is like the most grim dark like self-insert power fantasy 
story taking place in Tolkien's beautiful world. There is none of like the beauty of goodness or light. This is yeah. just what happens when Sauron, the Dark Lord, binds your soul to Mordor for eternity. Fuck. Anyway, that's the story of Sh- Shaka the Ruined, as his new title has dubbed him. Oh my god. You know, in a lot of ways, not to make this a segue, but kind of, in a lot of ways, Shaka sounds like a character in this episode. <sighs> permanently bound to a horror dimension i mean okay <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch we can go there it's not too far that's really fucked up though i is that fucked okay. up i was like wow this is really dark <laughs> this is kind of uncomfortable yeah i see it, the only thing that could have maybe redeemed that story is if this was the orc that you were telling me about last week named douche rat oh yeah douche <laughs> The, the, the thing about well there's douche rat and then there's just douche oh, and then douche w- yeah when you when you look at him on your army screen and zoom in there's just the announcer saying douche <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure because i played a little bit when it first came out mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure one of the orcs that was in my game was just called pink sure probably because you know that's a name that you can get when you're randomly generating orc names apparently yeah there's just a whole bunch of like names in black speech that you can get yeah just a lot of guttural noises and hard consonants skaka douche um gorbolg that kind of thing (laughs) yeah so that's the legend of shaka wow that's uh huh that one's going to stick with me. I'm not going to lie to you. That one's going to stick with me. I don't know how I feel about you committing <laughs> committing war crimes in a video game, Jimmy. It's super fucked up because you're basically using this fell magic to like brainwash these creatures that are like elves that have already been ruined by fell magics and are yeah. just like totally broken. God, like, this is giving me a, a whole new perspective on Pokemon now. Like, the game goes into detail about how comically evil all these orcs are, because sure. all they care about is drinking grog and, like, literally just stabbing each other for fun. Sure. But, like, I feel bad when I do it. Yeah. This is making me think about Pokemon differently now, where, like, I don't know, maybe next time I play Pokemon, I'm just going to be crying while telling my, my Charizard <laughs> to use Fire Beam or whatever. <laughs> It's not fire. Fire blast. There's not called fire beam. Fire. Yeah. Fire. Fire blast. Fire. Uh, flamethrower. Flame. Flamethrower. That's the one I was trying to think of. Thank Inferno. You. Fire spin. I know Pokemon moves, but like, oh no! Like it's it, it's a it's a being. It's a it has it's a creature with intelligence that I've captured in this tiny ball. <laughs> you used a laser to capture its entire existence and like digitize it. And then you put them in your box to degrade over time. God. Yeah, I have so many Pokemon in, in uh, Pokemon Sword right now that are just sitting there. Wasn't there... I feel like there's an NPC in Pokemon um, Sun and Moon that talked... That was like just speculating on what happens to Pokemon in their PC boxes. Yeah, I think it started in Sun and Moon, but then in, uh, in Sword and Shield... 
they get really dark weirdly it's a very dark game and there's a couple of characters who will be like i wonder what happens to pokemon when they're in the ball like is it comfy could you put me in a pokeball oh god and like all the descriptions are really fucked up because like you know they'll talk about you know the obvious one is like cubone wears its mother's skull uh, but then there's other ones like Yamask, which is just like a, a soul of a dead person that found a mask and is like, yeah, it's like, this used to be a guy. A body. Here, yeah. child, capture this human soul. I feel like the next Pokemon game just needs dreams. to finally pull the trigger and like deep dive into some of these concepts because they've just teased it. Like, no, I, I, mean, we're I do want to know what's happening in a Pokeball. We're getting to the point now with some of these Pokemon, though. Like, there's a Keyring Pokemon. There's a there's a Pokemon that's literally just a sword. Ice cream. There's gu- there's there there's gonna be a, a fucking uh, gun Pokemon in the next game. I'm positive. <laughs> Pokemon gun. Well, no, I I mean technically, I guess there already is because fucking uh, not Sobble. Who's the or is it Sobble? Yeah, it is it, the water starter in Sword and Shield. Sobble evolves into a Pokemon whose name I forget because I literally couldn't give two fucks. Uh, Inteleon? Inteleon? Oh, that sounds right. That sounds right. See, I I went Grookey uh, as my starter because I'm a broken individual. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, yeah, so Inteleon, Mega Inteleon just has a, or Giga Inteleon or whatever it is, the Gigantamax version, just has a sniper rifle. What? Yeah. I, I need to look yeah. this up right now. It just has a gun is the thing. Like it has a super long tail and the Gigantamax version is the tail turns into a sniper tower that it's oh, on. He totally and has it, a sniper <laughs> rifle. What the fuck? It gets you with its sniper rifle. Like we're, that's the direction the Pokemon is going and it makes me really upset because <laughs> I just want to go back to the original 151 and then move a truck with strength to find Mew. Like that's that's the, the it's darkest. It's all we ever wanted. Mewtwo, I think, is the darkest I can handle in my Pokemon game, right? Like, here's a, a fully constructed thing. A fully clone, a fully, like, scientifically changed clone of an ancient Pokemon that wants to is clone this, other Pokemon. Is this conversation what's going to get me into Digimon? Because in Digimon, they're digital to begin with. <laughs> That's how they're supposed to be. You're not, you're not also digitizing them, right? Like, they're just, they come that They're way. already digital, Right, I'm gonna hack my digit my Digimon, get some uh, open source Digimon DLC. Yeah, <laughs> mod mod your Digimon. Maybe, maybe I'll get into the Digimon modding scene. D- Digimon. Digimon. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Yu Gi Oh though. Let's talk about Yu Gi Oh. We should give the people Speaking what they of want. Digital monsters. <laughs> We really are, aren't we? Uh, we're the digital monsters this time. <laughs> it's time to discuss the episode. Once again, season three, episode 17, Brothers in Arms, part one. Uh, the translated title, Jimmy, you mentioned this earlier. I love the translated title. This is rad as hell. This is so much better than the four kids version. It's so good. So Brothers in Arms, part one is, is the English title, right? The, tra- the directly translated from Japanese title is Noah versus Seto. 
The Duel of Heaven and Earth's Creation. Holy shit. The Duel of Heaven and Earth's Creation. Now, okay, let me ask you something. Because we're on part one. I don't know that the answer to this is obvious yet. Is it the duel of, and then heaven and earth's creation is one thing? Like it is the creation of a combination of heaven and earth? Or is it the duel of heaven and or versus earth's creation? I'm trying to parse it and I don't know. I could go either way. You could go either way. My bet is that heaven is a reference to the innate spiritual and magical abilities in Seto Kaiba that he has been repressing, and Earth's creation is the digital realm that is at one sort of the the bounds in which Noah exists and the entirety of Noah's being. I hope it's that second one because it's way cooler sounding. Heaven and Earth's creation. But I, we'll I, see I don't know. over the next three episodes. Yeah, we'll see. We've been uh, in this freaking digital world for so long that they barely even touch on the magical stuff anymore. Exa- exactly. Uh, the summary of this episode is Kaiba and Noah duel for full control of Kaiba Corp, but Noah's revelations and constant manipulation of the playing field complicate things for Kaiba. Does he constantly manipulate the playing field? Not re- Not until the he, end. <laughs> he manipulates it once. And even and that I is wouldn't like, say that's eh. constant. Yeah. Uh, where does this episode start? This episode starts in a, in a wasteland. <laughs> the, the episode starts with the gang hanging out in a wasteland, shaking robot monkey Tristan around to get him to get secrets out of him. I, <laughs> you know, as one does. Like, nothing They're to shake- say here, just five friends shaking a robot monkey. <laughs> Normal shaking- teenager stuff. They're shaking Tristan upside down, I guess hoping that some kind of secrets will fall out of him, like spare change? Right, yeah. Somehow, Joey and Duke have got it in their heads that because the robot body that Tristan is inhabiting was built by Noah, the body itself must contain some sort of map or knowledge of the way out of the digital realm. It's just like in Saw, when everyone in Saw is like, well, this dungeon was built by Jigsaw. I bet he's got uh, a secret decoder ring around here somewhere so we can easily escape without having to do any of the puzzles. <laughs> right, yeah. The, it, 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 like, it makes a certain kind of sense, I guess, where like they are trying to figure out the rules in which this digital world exists. Because obviously it's like, there are some rules, but they're not the physical world rules. But I don't get how they think that like Noah would just let them have a map out. Not only let them have a map out, but would just make a bunch of maps out and then just have them scattered around the digital world. Just sitting around. Yeah. Just sitting around. Yes, I've but... trapped you in my digital realm. Uh, but here's a key out, just in case. Just in case. Don't want you to get lost. But, but I mean to be fair, so they should not around. wrong. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> There's a secret compartment in his back that pops open when they drop him, and it's got it's got like six buttons in it and a little screen. It's like uh like a keypad back there. Yeah, like little uh like something you used to get into your apartment or something. Mm-hmm. 
And so they press a button, and what does he turn into first? Is it a motorcycle? Yeah, he his hands and legs sprout little wheels, like a little RC car, and he just zooms around, around a bit. And he apparently can't stop himself from zooming around, so they grab him again, press another button, uh, and he turns into a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, apparently Tristan has been in Megatron this whole time. <laughs> He's got six yeah. transformations. <laughs> he's a well. These transformations are silly because he like zooms around like he's the magic school bus, <laughs> and he just Seat transforms into all these different like monkey permutations. And so they finally capture him again. Yugi sees a big red button and is like, "Let's try pressing this big red button. Maybe that will show us the way out." Because that's what Be- red buttons do. <laughs> Because surely this gift of a robot monkey body that Noah put our friend into could only be a map and not a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) So he presses the red button and Tristan's robot monkey face turns like evil red. And a voice announces that it is initiating the primate emergency escape sequence. Which, like, okay... (laughs) I, I don't know how I feel about the primate emergency escape sequence for a couple reasons. A. Quick, Harambe, we need to get you out of here. <laughs> I'll protect you, sir. Uh, we need a, to save the timeline. If you're going to trap somebody and you give them a way out, that is of a yet further trap, right? Well, especially because we see what happens when they use it. Yes, true. But also, also, why why primates? Why? Yeah, why specifically primates? <laughs> Is this for other primates to escape? Does Is Noah it, just have a bunch of monkeys around here somewhere? Has Noah just been spending his time playing Ape Escape? Like... <laughs> Does he just have, like, a PS1 sitting around, you know, kicking his control room? Well, all right, let me go capture some more monkeys. This robot monkey body raises so many questions that I don't think we're ever going to get answers to. No, because here's the other thing about it. This is 100% the writers all figuring out the Kaiba side of this episode. Like, all right, we're going to get Kaiba to, to this place to have this duel to set up the next episode. And then somebody comes into the writer's room and goes, wait a second, what about the other six main characters of the show? <laughs> what about the main character, Yugi Moto? Right. How, How are, are we going to get, get him, him in into the same room as this other stuff you've written? And everybody in the room goes, shit. Uh, 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 and they just start looking around the room and somebody says the words, primate emergency escape sequence. <laughs> well, we've got Tristan in that robot monkey body. Maybe we can just use the robot monkey body. And then they sort of reverse engineer it from there, right? Where they're like, oh, of course. Well, the robot monkey body was built by Noah. So it has some of Noah's knowledge, including a way out. And maybe he programmed it in in case, in case something. I don't know. Tyler, this is screenwriting 101. You got to give your characters a robot monkey body. Right. If you need to get them from point A to point B. That's the first book you read in film school. Save the Robot Monkey. It's a classic. Number one, save the cat. Number two, add a robot monkey. (laughs) You know, there was a study 
now that I've now that I've ragged on this, uh, there was a study in like 2010 ish about the most popular comics and like how to get your comic book to sell. And two of the best things to get your comic book to sell are using a lot of the color purple and putting monkeys on the cover. <laughs> yeah. So Grape Ape was a big seller that year. <laughs> that's gonna that's anyway. gonna be our new uh, podcast cover art. Purple yeah, just robot a purple monkey. gorilla. <laughs> yeah. That'll get I'll, the clicks. I'll, I'll get right on it. Uh, okay. All right. So the the emergency escape sequence begins. Uh, is it like a hologram projector coming out of him or how does, how does this door show up? It's like a red beam that like shoots out and creates a door in cyberspace. It acted, according to the robot voice, it activates the virtual destination matrix. You know what they say? You can't have a primate emergency escape sequence without a virtual destination matrix. That's true. That's true. It's that, just basic. That opens to reveal Kaiba Land. Yeah. So it opens, and we see the main doors to Kaiba Land with the big like uh, sign above them, like Disneyland style. And Taya goes, "Kaiba Land? What's that?" <laughs> and like, what the fuck does it sound like, Taya? It's, it's a theme one, park. It's one man's vanity project to himself. It's it, you were literally just talking to Seto like not thirty minutes ago. And speaking of Kaiba Land, we cut to inside Kaiba Land, where Kaiba is walking around talking shit about how the simulation is just such a poor v- imitation of what the real Kaiba Land would look like. I really liked this though. Actually, it gave me like big Walt Disney vibes. Yeah, it's like Walt Disney walking around Enchanted Forest. And being like, I can do better. Even even just Walt Disney walking around like a virtual Disney world and just being like, oh, I don't know, is this magical enough? And everybody else just being like, fuck off, Walt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's just walking, walking around talking shit. He opens a door, steps out onto a train platform, to which the PA voice announces, now arriving, blue eyes, white train. <laughs> Stand behind the yellow line. And Mind sure enough, toot toot, here comes a train that looks like the head of Blue Eyes White Dragon. <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could see my face right now because I am beat red. <laughs> this is the funniest shit. <laughs> I just can't deal with it. It's literally just a dragon head like bolted onto a train and then like the rest of the train it's has like- these like... Shitty little wings coming out the top it's, of it. It's not even. It's not even a full train. It's one car. <laughs> yeah, maybe two cars. At most. At most. And, and Kaiba. Oh, smug ass Kaiba. He just stands there and he watches this magnificent creation roll into Shining Time Station, <laughs> and he goes, "Well, at least he got one thing right." <laughs> and he like. I think this might just be my imagination, but I could swear he wipes a tear from his eyes. <laughs> this is the one thing that Kaiba definitely designed. And it's yeah. like, yes, this is how I envisioned this. Good job, oh Noah. Oh my god. Oh, I, it fucking kills me. I, I love looking at it so much. 
It's so stupid looking. Blue eyes, white train. Peep peep says blue I thought eyes. The... Peep peep. <laughs> I thought the blue eyes white jet was the most ridiculous Kaiba blue eyes vehicle. Nothing prepared me at all for the blue eyes white train. Oh no, no, Jimmy, we have been making the show for three years, and for the last season, we have been getting emails from people going, "Just wait, it's going to get more ridiculous." And not a single person mentioned blue eyes white train, and that is a mistake. God bless you, listeners. <laughs> bless you for not spoiling us. This, thank you for giving shit. us this moment of joy. <laughs> it's the fucking blue eyes white train. I got a screenshot the face, of where I put that. The in. face is so ridiculous because it's it's not like the blue eyes white jet, right? Where you have the cockpit uh, sort of in the brain casing of the the head, if I'm remembering correctly, and you have like a normal size blue eyes face. He stretched the face around a train engine, so it's all like long and distorted. <laughs> where the, here, where where did our chat window go? Here, I'm trying to drop you. A put it picture. put it in the put jam, in Jimmy. <laughs> uh, Jimmy and I are using Google Meet for among the first times. I think we've used it once before, and Jimmy <laughs> discovered the jam feature, which is just a whiteboard that you can both use uh, and immediately draw penises on. Um, <laughs> did you actually put it in the jam? Because I'm not in the Hold jam. On. Yes, I am in the jam. There you go. Right. Okay, let the jam load. Hang on. Oh, there it is. Yes, my boy. <laughs> I... blue eyes white train. Look how silly it is. And the, uh, so, okay, so the cow catcher, right? The thing at the front, the sort of angled uh, grates at the front of a train, those have become the teeth. And then the <laughs> eyes are the lights for the train. So that's sort of the scale that you're looking at f- for it, where it's just this huge, massive head that then stretches back over the entire engine. And then the little wings above the door that he walks into yeah they're shrunk down because this train is still train size and needs to fit inside a train tunnel and then like on the sides of the train you have like little tiny claws sticking out it's for for people who maybe haven't watched this episode but have played the game hollow knight it's like when you get the fast travel system in hollow knight for the first time and you see that uh now i forget what it's even called you see the the bug that fast travels you uh sort of come out of the tunnel and come towards the camera and he's got those dinky little legs but the huge body it's that feeling where you're just like what is why is this how is this here (laughs) what what are we doing it you know what it reminds me of tyler it reminds me of men in black 2 at the very beginning when he's chasing that worm through the subways of new york Yes. It's just a big worm that tries to eat other trains. Oh my god. It feels sentient, honestly. Blue yeah. Eyes White Train, I think, has self-awareness. It has a face. And there's nowhere for like a train driver to sit no. and look at. No. There's no windows in the front. It's of just Blue Eyes face. <laughs> I honestly honestly top top ten train for me. Yeah, where's the Blue Eyes White Train mod for uh, Train Simulator? Yeah, oh my god. All right, let's 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 hire some artists. Let's get on that. <laughs> oh god. All right, we need to we need to <laughs> we need to move on. Oh um, my god. 
Yes, I love it. I just searched Google searched Blue Eyes White Train and there's some fan art on DeviantArt of <laughs> Thomas a tank engine looking kind of worried over at Blue Eyes White Train. Oh, <laughs> uh, incredible. I I love everything about Blue Eyes White Train. And the part that I love the most is that this is the one thing that Kaiba approves of because of course it fucking would be, right? Like he's done so much to build Kaiba land and he's making his dream and he's walking around and he's critiquing every little bit and he just like he he wants to hate it because he knows that Noah built it as a digital copy of his like baby. Mm-hmm. And then he sees Blue Eyes White Train and he goes yeah, that shit still rocks, though. <laughs> you can't ruin this. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's perfect. Oh, you've put another image in here. What is this? Oh, yeah, this is Thomas just looking worried <laughs> at blue eyes on the train. Uh, it kind of looks like a shoe, actually. Just the the arch of of the blue eyes head. Oh, yeah, makes it look like uh, like a high top converse. I Thomas, love Thomas looks I very Thomas. worried because. I'd be worried too if I looked over and someone someone's entire face was just their whole body. I hmm. So I, I I often wonder about what kind of a person I'm gonna be when I get old. And I know that I'm probably just gonna be like basically the same as I am now, but just with more time on my hands. So I'm just gonna like go that much deeper into my weird hobbies. And one of the things I could see myself getting really into is model trains. I respect that. Yeah, train. You know, because there's there's just a lot of like small detail you need hand skills you need design sense like all these things i would love to get into model of blue eyes white train making <laughs> one-to-one screen accurate blue eyes white train god that, that's if youtube's you. still around in 30 years i'm gonna be a hit amazing and so anyway kaiba Anyhow. obviously Steps into Blue Eyes White Train and it takes off down the tracks. Okay, tell me honestly, Jimmy. You're in a train station. Blue Eyes White Train shows up. Do you get in? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm riding the Blue Eyes White Fuck Train. yeah. I don't even care where it's going. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting in. <laughs> All aboard the Blue Eyes White Train. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Peep, peep. Okay, so, so he gets in. <laughs> and let's see uh, thomas the tank engine says peep peep gordon says poop poop what kind of noise does blue eyes white train make <laughs> that's just the noise that the horn makes <laughs> god imagine you're in you're in your bed it's like two in the morning the blue eyes white train is off in the distance you just hear the the clatter of tracks and Ah, yes, the sounds of commerce. Uh, so, I love Blue Eyes so he, White Train so much. This is so stupid. This isn't even the weirdest thing to happen in this scene is the thing. It's just my no. favorite. The weirdest thing is the next thing where he gets on the train and he sits down. And after a little bit, Noah's voice comes on the on the PA or the, pardon me, the Tannoy. And he says... May I have your attention, please? All passengers who have stolen family empires from their rightful owners, please listen carefully. <laughs> and, and Kaibo looks around like there's other people who might have stolen family empires from the rightful owners. He's just completely alone in this train. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we cut to Noah on a couch watching Kaiba on a screen 
and he's got his arm around Mokuba, who's like cuddling with him. And his eyes are glowing red. Yes, which is, of course, the universal sign for mind control. Mm-hmm. And he says something along the lines of like, don't listen to anything he says. I'm your only brother, et cetera, et cetera. And Mokuba says in like a weird, like slow sort of speech pattern, he says, yes, sir, or something. He doesn't say brother. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then we cut away from that. <sighs> that part is freaking weird. Let me tell you, seeing, seeing those two boys cuddle and one of them's mind controlled. I don't like it. Reminds me of your shadow of war story from earlier. <laughs> Do you not cuddle your brothers, Tyler? Do you not lounge no. with them on a couch? God. Watch your other brother on a TV? No. <laughs> that would so, be weird. So the gang is in Kaiba land. Yeah, okay. So the gang makes it to Kaiba land. They go through the door. That's totally a trap, but whatever. Uh, they're following Tristan's robot monkey body, who's just kind of like automatically following the path, I guess. Yeah, it's it's got sort of a waypoint programmed in that it's going to. Yeah, and so they're following that around, and then Tristan turns around and speaks with an angry robot voice that intruders are not allowed. And Joey is like, all right, how are you going to stop them? And he's like, like this, and his, hand, his little robot monkey hands turn into fucking guns. Little guns! <laughs> little tiny guns. Tiny little guns. So they're like, they've been running after him this whole time. So he spins around, his hands turn into guns. And before anything else happens, they just like run by and kick him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Joey like barely tackles him and he falls over and snaps out of it. He doesn't even tackle him. He just like bowls him over. I'm looking it up now on the Wikia because I want to know if they cut out him shooting the guns. No, it doesn't look like it. Damn. <laughs> I was Robot really hoping guns. that there there's a shot somewhere of him firing those tiny little guns. <laughs> yeah, they're like pea shooters. I want them to shoot tiny bananas. <laughs> like this. He shoots like tiny banana peels, and then they comically slip <laughs> on the banana peels. <laughs> Just a scene from Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> Marbles. Can't walk on them. Uh, pardon me. That's that's of course from Paul Bart Mall Cop too. My mistake. Ah, of course. Thank you of course. for the correction. Yeah, uh, I, I formally apologize to the Blard Estate. Um, so yeah, so they like he kind of tackles him, and then Joey or Tristan rather falls over, does that like head shake thing, and snaps out of it. And he's like, "Huh, where are we?" Where am and I? And Serenity comes over and picks him up, and then they just keep going like nothing happened like, like they're not gonna just, address that like you didn't just pull two guns on him right like i don't know i'd want to talk about that uh the show doesn't bye no yep so kaiba takes the blue eyes white train to mount doom yep one does not simply walk into mordor you have to take the blue eyes white train <laughs> Actually, in my original note, I wrote down that he takes the uh, Blue Eyes White Train to Death Mountain because Noah is a Goron, as we all know. The point is that this is, he emerges from this, like, subway tunnel, and the train tracks are now just kind of floating in midair. Yeah, and, they, they materialize digitally. And they, it just emerges floating out of, uh, out of nowhere. They come out over Mordor, basically. Just <laughs> a big just, old... 
just a big old lava flow. Giant lake of lava. Yeah, it's a it's classic like evil final showdown location. Just a big old lava flow with like volcanic rocks for them to stand on. And off in the yeah. distance, Noah is there standing on a rock, like a circular rock for them to duel on. So Kaiba gets out of the Blue Eyes White train and it goes toot toot and like keeps driving off into the distance and like vanishes into a hole in the sky and then the tracks just kind of vanish. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. <laughs> Bye, Blue Eyes White Train. We barely knew you. We barely knew you. We're never gonna see Blue Eyes White Train again, right? Like I'm, that's yeah. that's it. That's that's a that's a series wrap for Blue Eyes White Train. <laughs> as someone whose favorite uh, ride on Disneyland as a kid was Casey Jr. This is such uh, a disappointment. Yeah. Blue eyes white Casey, train coming down the track. Casey Jr.'s back with his smoke. Casey Jr. but blue eyes white train would be amazing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. This is the only time that I've wanted Kaiba Land to be a real thing. It's just to to ride the blue, blue eyes white train. train. Absolutely. So, blue eyes here to thrill every Jack and Jill. So Blue Eyes, pardon me, Kaiba gets off the Blue Eyes White Train uh, on a on a different rock. So there's lava between him and Noah, and uh, Noah says that it's time for him to prove to himself and to his father that he's superior to Kaiba in every way. To which Kaiba responds, "Keep dreaming, kid. <laughs> Nothing personnel, kid." <laughs> Uh, and and Kaiba tells Noah that he saw his home movies and he has some splaining to do, Lucy. Yep. He also has one of my favorite lines that that voice actor has delivered, uh, which is, I want my brother back right now, you cowardly little runt. <laughs> God, I Kaiba... hurt my throat just saying that. Oh, no. Kaiba has some choice lines this episode, which are really good. And so he's like accusing Noah of all these things. He wants his brother back. He wants an explanation. And uh, as he's saying all this, we cut back to Yugi and the gang who have found the projector that Kaiba saw, I think, two episodes ago. Yeah, in that uh, mansion. In the mansion that's playing Noah's home video. Well, not Noah's home video. Goza Burrow's home video. (laughs) Goza Burrow's funniest home videos. Hosted by Tom Bergeron. (laughs) And it's just it's just Noah tripping on a banana peel, uh, uh, and uh, no, so it's so it's that video of Gozaburo and Mrs. Kaiba, the unnamed Mrs. Kaiba, holding a photo of Noah and saying that they're so worried about Noah and that Gozaburo is going to do everything he can to save him and that he has a plan. And there's this like big implication that there's some kind of accident uh, and that Noah nearly died i guess um there's uh there's a a note here in the wiki that says that cut from the dub is a sequence showing the injured noah being rushed to an operating room on a gurney then lying on a hospital bed with an oxygen mask over his face uh i feel there's still a little bit of that in the dub um but uh, none of that is shown in this version it's just like like Noah himself, like mentions that he was in an accident, and then it's basically like, "But we don't have to talk about that." 
Yeah, yeah. Like he he screams at Kaiba. He basically does the "You want the truth? You can't handle the truth." And then he explains the truth. Uh, <laughs> he says, "I I genuinely can't believe that this is a thing that we're finally getting in the show." He explains, "Yes, it is true that I have not aged in years. In fact, this is not really me. Behold." <laughs> He says, he says, the real Noah is up there. And he gestures to the sky and says, behold, your true stepbrother. <laughs> Descending from the clouds is a spiky glowing computer ball, <laughs> which Noah says is a shell which protects and nourishes my living brain. <laughs> we fucking called it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, this is the worst. He's a brain this in a jar. Worst. He's a brain in a jar, but is also somehow, okay, here's the question, Jimmy. Is that actually the physical brain in the jar? Is this the physical brain in the jar here in the digital realm that's being projected around them? Or is this a digital representation of the brain in the jar and the brain in the jar is actually somewhere else? You would think that the actual brain in the jar would have to be somewhere else because we see the brain in the jar in a flashback in a little bit and it's like hooked up to all this stuff. Don't forget, this is Noah who puts apparently maps and backdoor keys into robot monkeys just lying all over the place. So planning doesn't seem to be a strong suit anymore. Maybe Noah the orb is just kind of floating around in there. Yeah. Entirely possible. So so we cut briefly back to Yugi and the gang. They are a couple steps behind Kaiba. They arrive at the train station. They're like, well, maybe we should wait for the train, and I wish that they would. But no. But no. They find nearby a conveniently located hand car, one of those, like, pump-action ones that needs, like, two people on the, the lever to go... Yeah, the one you've seen in all the Laurel and Hardy and Looney Tunes and, yeah. and shit. Uh, and so they take that instead of the train, and apparently Joey and Duke are real fucking strong, because they're, they're going shredded. Like, they're going like fifty miles an hour at least. Like yeah. everyone is hanging on for dear life, zooming like, down the tracks. And they're not even like the tracks aren't even angled. They're they're completely flat. And yet everyone is hanging on to this thing for dear life and saying various things like whoa. Yeah, somebody, somebody says that they should slow down. Careening down the tracks, uh, Joey finds a brake and pulls it, but the brake breaks uh and they just go flying at impossible speed down the tracks and then they get up to 88 (sighs) miles an hour and go back in time no uh yeah no they're going wicked fast and we come back to noah explaining to kaiba (laughs) i shouldn't laugh this like this part is not funny it's just funny that we called (laughs) yeah uh he explains to kaiba that his brain is hardwired to a computer that projects an image of him in the virtual world. But he used to be a normal kid. Boom. No. Flashback. Noah was an average kid that no one understands. <laughs> Goes a and Kaiba, always giving him commands. Scram, twerp. <laughs> uh, doom and gloom up in his room. No, uh, so the back... Do you want to cover the flashback at all? Because it's just so boring. Uh, we can, it's just kind of brief, yeah. 
Uh, Noah used to be a real boy. Uh, he was being waited on. We see him being waited on hand and foot by maids. Um, top minds from around the world are lining up to tutor him because he is the son of the world's most powerful man, which is some Gosebro lore. I don't think we've heard before. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I guess he's pretty powerful. He's, I mean, he's like the Howard Stark of, of the Yu-Gi-Oh! world. I guess. This is the first time we've heard him referred to in such glowing terms. Like, yeah. he's a billionaire, but he, I didn't think he was, like, the most powerful man in the world. I mean, is this like a Kwisatz Haderach thing, and it's because he's a weapons manufacturer, and the, the person who can destroy a thing controls the thing? I guess. Um, but we see him as a kid, Noah, that is, not Gooseboro, playing the violin, riding a horse, uh, doing a crossover with Lorehorse. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, and then he's in the unnamed accident, and his body is ruined, kept alive on machinery. And we just see him on basically hooked up to the sphere from Akira with all these tubes going into it, uh, downloading his brain into a being of unlimited power. I mean, yeah, okay. All right, Genie. Uh, yeah. And then the Kyber brothers uh, had been brought on to basically challenge him, uh, provide some competition in the household, which is a healthy thing right. to have and want. Um, <sighs> but... Without a physical body, he couldn't lead the company? Okay. Yeah, I don't know that that's how companies work. But Is that right. how companies work? I don't think I don't you, know. you need a little boy's body to in order to run a company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't, um, Being a conscious I don't know that- person in at... Like, in a computer, being able to process information at the speed of light seems like it would be very good at running a company. Yeah, that seems that seems good. I've seen war games. That that could work out, sure. Yeah. Uh, so now we finally get to the reason for all of this. Uh, once Noah defeats Kaiba, he'll prove to himself that he's worthy, and then he will download his brain into Kaiba's body and be able to run the company again as Kaiba. Finally, the missing piece. A boy's body. <laughs> Finally, uh, another teenager running a company. Right. A teenager with attitude. <laughs> Is Noah Zordon? I mean, he's not not Zordon. He's not not Zordon. This could just be the morphing grid. We don't know. <laughs> uh, so Kaiba laughs an evil laugh and says that the only thing more ridiculous in that story is the idea that Noah could ever beat him in a duel. Because as we all know, Kaiba never loses duels. And then he makes the gesture and he says, I'll show you real power. <laughs> it's time to duel. Duel begin. Uh, Kaiba starts by bringing out his deck master, uh, that card we all know and love. You guessed it. Kaiser Seahorse? Record scratch. <laughs> yeah. Noah, Noah says, all right, all right, Kaiba, pick your cards. And Kaiba goes, I already have. And I've picked a deck master. Behold, Kaiser Seahorse. Whomst? I don't think I've ever seen this card before. I don't think it's appeared in the show yet. Kaiser Seahorse. Who the fuck is uh, Kaiser Seahorse? I mean, as we all know, Kaiser Seahorse carries the children. Uh, uh, the, the male Kaiser Seahorse carries the children while the female Kaiser Seahorse fights battles. No, it's just like... It's a bunch of armor with like a spiky helmet and it's got like kind of a vaguely 
purple vibe. I don't know. Like it's not. He looks I don't like know that some, it's anything special. It looks like some guy who would fight Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's it's. I don't know. It's fine. It's a Yu Gi Oh card. But it, I, I don't would understand. Never in a million years have guessed that this was going to be Kaiba's deck master. Like not yeah, even. Why wouldn't it? Not even Lord no, of ahead. D. Yeah, like Lord of D, so he could do that that whole thing that he did the last time. Blue Eyes White Dragon? Yeah. So anything like could... dragon related. Okay, so so from what we've seen so far, any monster card can be your deck master. Mm-hmm. Am I right? I think so. Does Kaiba have any of the Egyptian god cards? Or is this because it's in the digital realm, those aren't like loaded in? <laughs> God, can you imagine? You try summoning a, a a god card here in the digital realm, and the whole thing just fucking explodes. Yeah, <laughs> you just like, die my, instantly. All right, all right, fuck you, Noah. My deck master's Slifer the Sky Dragon. Get fucked. <laughs> like <laughs> the entire. Remember, they're on a submersible right now in the real world. Right. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus. Everything would just short circuit and fill with water, and they would all die. <laughs> End of the show. I mean, Thanks, everyone. <laughs> There are worse ways to end the show, is the thing. But so yeah, so he says, I'll show you real power, and he summons Kaiser Seahorse. And I'm sitting there going like, nah, all right, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, why not? Kaiser Kaiba. Seahorse. Who gives a shit? Whatever makes you feel better, bud. Uh, uh, Noah doesn't summon anyone. Uh, Kaiba summons Giant Germ, our good friend and small businessman, Giant Germ. <laughs> yeah, boy. Famous and- dog groomer. <laughs> And a face down virus crush card. Uh, we've seen this before. Yeah, and he says uh, he says to himself, his first mistake was taking Mokuba. His second mistake was challenging me to a duel. <laughs> Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> Never go against uh, go against a Kaiba when death is on the line. Uh, Noah... It's not even death is the thing. It's ownership of a company. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Noah summons Chiron the Mage. Chiron the Mage, famous interior decorator. Uh, so that happens. Uh, meanwhile, the gang is on their handcart. They come flying out of the tunnel. A portal just kind of opens up in the air above the duel. Uh, they come flying out. There's no tracks anymore. The, uh, the Blue Eyes White Train took it with them. So they just fall out into empty space and crash into a rock. <laughs> and Should not into, the like, the lake of boiling magma yeah fucking lucky lucky <laughs> break there so they crash into a rock get up they see the duelist in the distance yugi yells for kaiba to be careful to which noah says eh, look like your fan club has arrived they're not my fans i don't even like them <laughs> i don't know them and uh yeah and they just kind of like watch from a distance I don't know. Yeah. It's the, it's the thing that happens in Yu-Gi-Oh! Where, like, one character is in a duel, therefore all the other characters have to be in the same room, just even watching. though they have nothing to contribute. Yeah. Yugi just yells some uh, compliments from a distance. You can do it, Kaiba. It's 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 along the lines of, like, uh, that episode in The Office where Roy has found out that Pam and Jim kissed after the casino party. Uh, and he, he comes into the office and he sees Jim, uh, and, and, and like is about to punch him, you know, and then Dwight uses the pepper spray <laughs> and then, uh, like 
two minutes after the whole situation has resolved itself, Kevin gets up and he goes, Jim, look out, Roy. <laughs> it's that. It's Yugi. It's Yugi seeing Kaiba and seeing Noah and being like, no, Kaiba, look out. <laughs> it's Noah. We've already established this. So then uh, dueling happens. Yeah. This this part this next part I thought was kind of interesting. Noah gives Chiron the Mage a uh, Mirror of Truth, which reveals my favorite destroys... Legend of Zelda item. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, reveals and destroys the Crush card, just Bye. like completely no showing uh, Kaiba's entire strategy. Womp womp. Chiron the Mage then destroys Giant Germ, which pops like a balloon. R.I.P. Giant Germ. And then uh, Kaiba yells, yeah, Kaiba yells, giant germ, return. And it does. <laughs> and it does. And Noah loses 500 life points when that happens. Is that a, I'm, I'm guessing that's a giant germ ability. I don't remember. Uh, uh, and it doesn't really matter because he just sacrifices it in order to bring out vampire lord. <laughs> he has a great line there though. He's like, now you might think that I brought back giant germ because I care about it. Or I don't know, something like that. But you're wrong. Watch <laughs> as I sacrifice it. <laughs> giant germ poor giant germ giant germ is a fine upstanding member of the community (laughs) he's replaced by vampire lord the uh the the male alt bayonetta (laughs) vampire lord looks like a dollar store version of someone at hot topic yes yeah it's one of those brats dolls kind of yeah uh, but it's like it's like if they made a brats doll for boys yeah the Uh, vampire lord just kind of shoots bats out yeah, which is cool. I like it. Yeah, and the bats return, which is kind of cool. Uh, plus, it sends one of his cards to the graveyard. I don't know how much detail you want to get into this duel. Oh, I, we can get pretty deep. I, I thought this duel was actually pretty fun. Uh, Noah plays the magic card Fisher to kill Vampire Lord, and he says, Adios, Bat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a, like he's a fucking supervillain. And then he plays, uh, I think the card is called Eris. I guess. I think that's right. I didn't know how to spell uh, And it attacks Kaiba directly, bringing him down to 1,400 life points. And then he plays a card face down. Kaiba summons Vampire Lord again because, as everyone knows, vampires can't die. They're cursed with immortality. <laughs> so, of course, it comes back. Yeah, Vampire Lord just shows right back up again. I think he, like, his a coffin pops up out of the lava and opens to reveal Vampire Lord just standing there. Yeah, it's it's one of the intro animations for the the uh, uh, oh, what are their fucking names? The Castlevania Brothers in Smash Bros. Oh, the Belmonts. The Belmonts. It's one of the Belmonts like intro animations. It does look very they, look much like a uh, a Smash Brothers intro. Like a fucking chain pulls the coffin up and Vampire Lord pops out like surprise. <laughs> Did you miss me? Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Show me your moves. Uh, and uh, so Vampire Lord goes to attack, but it activates Noah's mighty Earthshaker trap card. And there's like a big earthquake and it shakes everybody around. Everybody goes, oh, no, it's lava. Look out. Uh, and and a- as Noah's- this earthquake is hitting like the camera is shaking this whole time and so noah monologues like for for 45 full seconds about how this earthquake works 
Uh, and how it works is... Well, does- Kaiba, as you know, I have parked the ship on the San Andreas Fault. <laughs> uh... But, like, it doesn't need to be 45 seconds about how this card works. Kaiba just has to choose one of his monsters to be destroyed. And so he does. Uh, well, he, has to, he specifically has to choose a type of monster to be destroyed. So, like, earth, wind, fire, uh, psychic bug, like, whatever. Um, so Kaiba September. picks... <laughs> Thank you. So Kaiba picks dark monsters, which destroys Vampire Lord again. Vampire Lord! Uh, meanwhile, he has summoned Slate Warrior, uh, who attacks Eris with, like, a wind punch that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, I, I feel like this has to have been in a, in a Kung Fu movie or something where somebody punches the air so hard. Oh, no, you know what it is? It's Kung Fu Hustle. It's the, it's the Buddha palm technique. He punches the air so hard that the air rips a hole in Eris. Extremely anime. Very anime. Uh, so he uh, blows and, up Eris. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, Noah then plays uh, Giant Flood, uh, which summons a tidal wave, despite the fact that they are sitting in lava. Um, a flood comes over and flashes all, like, flash boils, and everyone scalds to death and dies. No. <laughs> no. A tidal wave washes over, over Kaiba and everyone. Um, but the only effect that it has, really, is that it washes away Slate Warrior and every card in Kaiba's graveyard, including Vampire Lord. So Vampire Lord can't come back. Um, so now they're just standing in an ocean as opposed to, uh, like, a lava pit. And here's where this episode gets really... I feel like the this entire season has been waiting for just this moment. Yeah, it... This moment is a lot. <laughs> I I don't really know where to begin here. <laughs> you wrote down the dialogue, so I'll let you take it. Noah says, now it's time to see what my deck master can do. Kaiba says, but you didn't select a deck master. Oh, forgive me for being so rude. Meet my deck master, Shinato's Ark. I... <laughs> He calls for this deck master behind him, bumbling and rising out of the sea, rises. It's just fucking Noah's Ark. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's just Noah's Ark. It's and just Noah's Ark. It's a big wooden boat with just like this, I don't know, I guess you could call it a slab covered in runes yeah. stuck in it. And Kaiba says. Uh, the one commandment. That boat's your deck master? That boat's your deck master. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. That's it. To be continued. That boat's your deck master? Cut. Oh, shit. Okay, I made a lot of fun of the writers this episode. That's good writing. <laughs> that shit got me. That's the episode. That's the episode. Yes, technically any monster card could be your deck master, right? And there are some whacked out monster cards like... Boats. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I I laughed, I think, for a full five minutes after the episode ended, Jimmy. Was this entire season just one long extended buildup to a Noah's Ark joke? I I mean, yeah, probably. Is this probably. what is this what counts as symbolism in Yu-Gi-Oh? Just a Noah's Ark joke? 
His name is Noah, so his deck master is an arc. I mean, I don't know. As 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 someone who's starting to get a little bit of paid writing work, I know full well the temptation of putting puns into your writing, and I've gotten away with it on more than a few occasions. And this feels like that, where somebody at the very beginning of writing this season goes, no, 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 let's call him Noah. And everyone's like, all right, that's a specific name. Uh, why? And no, 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 no reason. I just think it sounds good. It's It has a good mouth feel. Let's call him Noah. And then that writer just kicks it for a while, just waits. And finally, they have struck. They have, they have released their arrow. <sighs> this is like the equivalent of like in a sci-fi setting, you have some characters who are twins. And so their name would be like the Gemini twins. And it's like, it's like, it's right there. This is a I'm sorry. Of the are you joke. are you f- are you forgetting another staple of this show, Para and Docs? <laughs> the Paradox Brothers, <laughs> because their name, because they talk in riddles. Right. I like to think that the Paradox Brothers aren't actually brothers. They're just two strangers that happen to be named Para and Docs. <laughs> they adopted each other specifically so they could do that joke. Yeah, there it is. They they did a they did a traveling comedy act for a while as Docs and Para. <laughs> just, just it just totally funny. bombed. Yeah. <sighs> that boat's your deck master? Jesus. Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? You know what? I I, I thought that my favorite part of this episode was the reveal that this entire season was just one long build up to a Noah's Ark joke. Mm-hmm. And it's still pretty good. But it's I, still really good. <laughs> but after recording this podcast, I feel like my actual favorite is Blue Eyes White Train. It's a train shaped yeah. like the head of Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yeah. He is one and done. I have to agree with you there. He, he's here and then he's gone. Uh, which is such a crime. Such a cruel what a, what prank a, to pull on us. What a waste of Blue Eyes White Train. He's not even real. He's just a projection of a design Kaiba made. I like how we've started talking about Blue Eyes White Train with the pronoun he, like it is a sentient person. <laughs> and maybe he is. That's fair. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he is. I See, I I said he because that's what uh, Kaiba calls the Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Mm-hmm. So I just always, I, if anything Blue-Eyes, I, I guess I sort of picture that. But there's no, there's no real telling. I mean, that I it's more than an inanimate object. Blue-Eyes in any real way. Yeah. I choose to believe that there is a certain aspect of personhood assigned to Blue-Eyes White Train. It would be a real shame to have something as beautiful as Blue Eyes White Train and not allow it to witness itself in some way. Blue Eyes White Train definitely has got to have some kind of AI, at least so it can roar at opportune moments. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want that thing to be chugging along, you know, going along the track and just thinking, damn, I'm good looking. (laughs) Wow. I'm the Blue Eyes White Train. The blue eyes motherfucking white train. God, I love just the concept of blue eyes white train. That's such a Kaiba thing to have happen. Fuck it's sake. good to say, even. It feels good to say the words. <laughs> You've seen blue eyes white dragon. Now get ready for a blue eyes white train. 
It's a train. It's shaped like a blue eyes. What the hell do you want? <laughs> what more do you want from me? What more do you want from me? That's that's also the best for the, for me for this episode. My honorable mention was uh, something we didn't really talk about this episode, uh, but throughout this whole episode, anytime Kaiba is talking to or about Noah, he works in the word punk somehow. Yeah, or runt. Or runt, he's yeah, got, which is just... He's got a very short very... list of like PG-rated insults you could use on a child. Exactly, exactly. And it's just and like, it's just... how do we... How do we get across that Kaiba is angry at Noah without letting him curse? Let's see. Punk. Runt. Uh, twerp. Yeah. Come on, punk. Make my day. Keep yep. dreaming, twerp. Kid. So that was very good. How about the uh, How about the worst for you for this episode? My worst is that, disregarding the conversation that this show could be having about transhumanism and, like, the boundary between flesh and mind and spirit, it's not going to go there. This isn't Ghost in the Shell, but disregarding all that, I'm pretty sure you don't actually need a physical body in order to run a company. Yeah, I I was also thinking about this. I feel like my worst is very similar because like I I've been working remotely for the last 2 years. I've met my boss like twice. And honestly, that could have just been somebody that was hired to pretend to be my boss. Yeah. Like you know, I don't I don't know that you really need like, a corporeal form, certainly not in 2021, the year no. of our Lord 2021. No one's like I don't know that you checking need. on this. No one's right. no one's going up to CEOs and being like, knock knock, hey, do you have a physical body? Yeah. And you know, especially like, hey, we're we're mid pandemic still, a year later. We're mid. We're 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 in the midst of the panorama. Uh this could go for any of us. Yeah. Like I, I saw you on a video call earlier, but I don't know. I don't know. That could be a digital projection of Jimmy. Like I I don't know. Yeah, I could. Nor do I care. Maybe the the version of me that you are seeing is just uh, a VTuber that I have rigged up. You know VTubers? I do know VTubers. Okay. I don't know VTubers personally. I know of VTubers. The concept. Uh, that would be a very advanced just, um, VTuber, and I would be very impressed. <laughs> but yeah, I get your point. Yeah, Noah could just be a motion tracked anime girl and still perfectly be capable <laughs> of running a company. He doesn't need a physical body to run Kaiba Corp. And is it's, there a video somewhere out there of Hatsune Miku dueling Seto Kaiba? <laughs> There's almost definitely fan art of Hatsune Miku in basically any uh, media property. Machine. Hatsune Miku Yu-Gi-Oh. There's a lot of Hatsune Miku card art. Uh, Hatsune Miku dating Yugi. Yeah, it's in here somewhere. You're right. Yep. As a plot point, it's weird. It is. It is. I think it's, I think it's trying to be something interesting, like like you said, like transhumanism or something. It just. But you and I both know it's not gonna. It's not. It's not gonna go there. there. Yeah, this is a kid show about a card game. It's made to sell packs of cards. They're not going to be making any sort of point about transhumanism. Right, like I don't know that this show is going to crack open that digital boy egg and see the the like pulsing brain of Noah Kaiba 
you know? Yeah. Like, like Kaiba isn't going to, to snuff out Noba, Noah, uh, by like gently squeezing the brain, the gray matter, you know? <laughs> Like Gross. we're not going to do that kind of plot, but but like that's that's something that you'd see in a Ghost in the Shell or something. Yeah, I don't know that I want Yu-Gi-Oh to do that. It'd be funny if it did. <laughs> would it? Would it be? It'd be hilarious if this kid show just started got just started getting really deep into like themes of what it means to be a person in a digital age. See, we have we have Code Lyoko for that. <laughs> Code Lyoko is probably even worse. Maybe not. Oh, Code Lyoko gets fucked up, my dude. We should watch. We should do a bonus episode on Code Lyoko. We should absolutely watch some Code Lyoko. I'd be down for that. I'll put it on the list. All right. Uh, okay. And with that, let's move into the next part of the show, where we invite, invite, where we invite, <laughs> where we invite my no, lovely partner. We don't have to invite because I'm already here, so it's just invite. Oh. <laughs> That's what you mean. <laughs> Welcome to my lovely partner, Lauren. Hi, Commissioner. <laughs> hi. Hi. And the low Commissioner Pepper is around here somewhere as well. Uh, hi, Commissioner. It has hi. been a while. How are you? It hasn't been a while for me. I see you every day. <laughs> I was going to say. Hi, Lauren. Um, Happy New Year. Hi. Happy New Year. It's been a while since I've seen Jimmy. It's been, it's been a bit. Um. Yeah. All right. Still here. <laughs> Still here. Surviving. That That would be a great tattoo. <laughs> 2021 still here we're just still here honestly that's pretty good uh well good i'm glad you're still here i don't know what i would do if you were not still here that would make it where would i be i don't know that would be bad on a, on a multitude That'd of levels weird. one of which is that you wouldn't be able to do this podcast oh that would be one of the levels one. that's that's, <laughs> that's the most, the most important, important. immediate uh this part of the podcast is of course where we invite you on to play a little game that we like to call you <laughs> wow it's been so long wow. <laughs> lost i lost it i lost my touch here we go let's try this again a little game that we like to call you activated my podcast season three colon Yu-Gi-Oh! or not season two colon enter the task dungeon see i got it right that time uh, a game in which Jimmy and I each have a team of monsters that we select from, and then you, the High Commissioner, give us a task for those monsters to complete. Um, I don't remember who picked the monster. I was just going to say, I don't remember either. Who could? But here's, here's the thing. Jimmy, you and I have two monsters each left in our particular brackets mm-hmm. before we do our, our mid-season redrafting. So I feel like this decision is is fairly arduous in a way because we're picking not only the monsters that we will use this week, but the monsters that we will use next week. Oh. So this is for not our, all the marbles, but a good portion the of the, the marbles. Yeah. So we have to think carefully here. I, in my party, I have left Exodia the Forbidden One and Red Eyes Black Dragon. <laughs> Whereas I have the right arm of the Forbidden One. <laughs> so Exodia, but just like his arm reaching through a hole in space-time. Uh-huh. And Obelisk the Tormentor. Didn't we already do this one where you have just the arm of something? Uh, I believe that was the Curtain of the Dark Ones. Uh, yes, yeah, that Tyler, was cur- Curtain of the Dark Ones. You also had the left I- arm of the Forbidden One. Correct. Oh, okay. That's what I'm remembering. I think our original plan was to arm wrestle, but I, I like <laughs> I liked the episode that we came out with much better. Um, so we have to pick 
carefully here because I'm thinking about who do I want in sort of our our mid season uh, dramatic uh, uh, event. Um, do you have any thoughts, Jimmy? Oh, so you... I have to pick up pick up a good one for next time. Yeah, because you're yeah. gonna know ahead of time oh, who our monsters are. Okay, which doesn't normally happen. No. Uh, do you have a thought about who you want to pick, Jimmy? I'm trying to decide whether I want a mid-season, not quite finale. I don't know what you would say. Event. A halftime show. Our halftime show to be, do I want a good card for that that might make me win? Or do I want a funny card for that? <laughs> because the right be arm fair, of the forbidden the funny one card is might still hilarious. make you win. That's very true. It is, it is. You usually win on the on the, the harder cards to make make sense. That's true. And I think you are still in the lead as well, aren't you? Yes. There was a there was a joke on the Discord. Well, now I feel like it's less of a joke. Uh, I, I believe it was moderator Dab who brought this up. Uh, Jimmy was... wins five. Enter the task dungeon. <laughs> no, no, because because I it was when uh, when I came out with Jimmy wins four, uh-huh. and uh, we we're trying to figure out like, wait, is that the correct number? And Dab was like, no, Jimmy wins four is Task Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, Jimmy, I'll, I'll tell you who I'm leaning towards. I think this Do will it. be my official pick for this week. The monster I'm going to use this week is Red-Eyes Black Dragon. Ah, I see. Favorite of Joey Wheeler. He's big, he's angry, and he's got a laser coming from his mouth. So... That means I have to determine if I if we want to pit two big beefy boys against each other next week, or two big beefy boys, or just Exodia versus his own right arm. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead Two. <laughs> I guess that would be a question for uh, our high commissioner. Hi. Hi. Uh, in the event Exodia went up against his own arm, would that be? Exodia versus another instance of his own arm or the rest of Exodia and versus his own arm doing something else. This is an important bit of world building, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, Like, would that be 75% of Exodia versus 25% of Exodia? Right. Ooh, I don't know if I have an answer for that because you could argue that there's like a pocket dimension, right? That his Mm -hmm. arm... Or it's like a different point in his timeline or something like that, yeah. you know? Would it be all of Exodia versus just the arm? Or would it be Exodia's head and body and left arm and legs? And then like his right <laughs> arm is still attached and trying to accomplish its own task. That's pretty funny to me. It's very I mean, funny, I like but I, I feel visual. like the rest of Exodia would have an unfair advantage being the rest of Exodia. Yeah. But is that is that a better advantage than being all of Exodia versus twenty five percent of Exodia? <laughs> yeah, depending on the task we get, like, would it, it might be more difficult for all of Exodia to like army crawl through Nakatomi Plaza <laughs> versus just his <laughs> his disembodied arm crawling around like a, a thing? I think I think that we can say regardless, the right arm of the Forbidden One would be disconnected from the remainder of the Forbidden One. Okay, so it wouldn't be the arm trying to accomplish its own tasks while still attached to Exodia. I think I think for the sake of the challenge, I think Jimmy, you should have full autonomy in whatever your monster would do, mm-hmm. and not and because because then like 
in in that situation where the right arm is still attached and you're in control of the right arm and I'm in control of the rest, I could just be like, I walk into the ocean, so Jimmy can't fucking win. <laughs> you know? Right, like, which is pretty shitty. It would be shitty and like neither of us would win and you would win by default because that's like how this game works. But um, <laughs> It is not. Well, no, 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 because, because I would have done the shitty thing. Oh, I see. You know? Oh, well, um, I, the right arm, would just reach up and choke Exodia to death and win by default. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and we do that that uh, to bring up the office again. We do that whole Dwight Schrute karate uh, demonstration where he fights himself, his only worthy opponent. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like it should be two separate instances of yes. Exodia. Because the card art for the one that you have, Tyler, is the full Exodia, right? Correct. Yeah, I yeah. So I, I like if we're that. going just on what's shown on the card, I think that that makes sense. Well, since we've discussed this at length, I believe in the interest in humorous content for this podcast. This week, (laughs) I will go with Obelisk the Tormentor, leaving our High Commissioner to plan in advance a scenario that would be hilarious for Exodia to compete against his own arm in. Incredible. All right, I like it. So this week, we have... Obelisk the Tormentor, a level 10 divine beast Egyptian god monster with 4,000 attack and 4,000 defense versus Red Eye's Black Dragon, a dark dragon monster with 2,400 attack and 2,000 defense. Those are the monsters we have selected. Hi, Commissioner Lauren. Hi. What is the task that you have prepared for us this hallowed day? Okay, this is very good. I heard your feedback about not just wanting a backstory, about doing tasks like Taskmaster. Okay. The okay. TV show. Uh-huh. So today, in the interest of a simple task before the big halftime show, I would like you to describe how your monsters blow up a hundred balloons the fastest. Hmm. Oh. The fast so it's a race. It's a race. I had to give you something. Can yeah, you say blow yeah. up 100 balloons? Define blow up. Like inflate. Oh, okay. Okay. Not ex- make explode. Because I have an answer for that. Yeah. It's just I know. go Exodia obliterate and go kaboom. Yeah, right. Or just, well, no, Red Eyes Black yeah. Dragon, uh, uh, Black Lightning Attack. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Tyler, I just realized uh, Jimmy, something about both our monsters, uh-huh. actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm realizing it too. Neither of us have lips. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was taking a long look at my boy Red Eyes. Um, I did pick this in my head before you picked the monster, so I didn't do that part on purpose. I just want to. No, no, no. I believe it. That. I believe it. Uh, Jimmy, I picked the monster first, so you can describe how <laughs> lipless obelisk <laughs> will uh, inflate. A hun- how many balloons? A hundred. Yes. A hundred. Not ninety-nine. 100. God, I'm having to look up other art of Obelisk the Tormentor so I can just kind of get a bead on his just sort of physical <laughs> appearance here. He's really just a big, beefy boy, isn't he? Yeah, to the point where they, they don't really bother to draw his legs even because the arms take up so much real estate. They're like, eh, you know, eh, he's standing on something. This boy's swole. Yeah. I think that's all it says on the card text. 
choice. Whoa. If I were to make a, a Yu-Gi-Oh style card game, that would 100% be the description of a monster. This boy swole. swole. This boy swole. He big. Hold he on. He thick. He thick indeed. Uh, I... <laughs> Give me a second here. I'm, uh-huh. I'm zooming okay. in on his head for reasons that will be apparent in a oh, second. No. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's see. I don't like it. I don't like it either. He has like anti-lips. Yeah, very he doesn't. Teeth. So here's what I'm thinking. He it's needs to, to blow. He's like he's like a whale. He's got like baleen. <laughs> yeah. He needs to blow up a hundred balloons. What he doesn't yes. have is lips. What he does uh-huh. have uh-huh. is like six teeth <laughs> per <laughs> row of teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So here's what I'm thinking. He doesn't have lips, so he can't, like, use lips to grab the curly part at the end of a balloon, the balloon hole, in order to inflate them. And you could argue uh-huh. that uh, he could, like, go out and, like, get one of those professional, like, big crates of oxygen, like a big oxygen tank, and use explode that way. Would it, but that would take time. That would be, like, having to go out. He would get in his car... Obelisk the Tormentor sticking out. It's a convertible, obviously, because he's so big. And then he would have to, like, it's just, drop... It's just Mr. Incredible. <laughs> He'd be Mr. Incredible, Incredible in this car. He'd have to, like, drive all the way to, like, a hardware store, get a tank of oxygen or a party supply store. And then that would be, like, upwards of half an hour at least, minimum, to, like, get the things necessary mm-hmm. to even start blowing up the balloons. But he doesn't have that time. He has to do it as fast as possible. So what he's going to do... Right. Between his six teeth, he has five uh, gums. And his teeth have a good amount of space between them. And so what Obelisk the Tormentor is going to do is take, like, five balloons. He is going to put them between his teeth, because they're pretty spaced out. He is going to put the ends of the balloons, like floss, up in his gums between his teeth... Five on the top row, five at the bottom row. Oh, God. And then he's just going to take a deep breath and inflate ten balloons at once. And he can do this because he's Obelisk the Tormentor. He has unlimited god power that he can use to inflate his <laughs> unlimited god lungs. To blow up... Like he, he, this is not a struggle for him. He can very easily inflate ten balloons at once. By cl- clamping his mouth shut and then just exhaling into his mouth therefore well, as shut as it's gonna get without lips <laughs> going through well he doesn't have lips but the ends of the balloons would be trapped behind his teeth you see uh, i see so uh-huh. it'd be like uh-huh. it's like a grill that he's shoving the balloons into wow. and then he'd be able to like pick off the balloons one at a time tie them up or I guess he wouldn't even need to keep them inflated. The goal is not to keep them inflated. The goal is to inflate them. So Well, the goal is to have 100 inflated balloons okay. at the end. The goal is to have 100 inflated <laughs> balloons at the end. Yeah, okay. like for a party. So that would take him a little bit of time. So yeah. he would have, but he is, he does have massive claws, but they are very dainty at the end. So he'd be able to like grab individual balloons very carefully and tie them off. Um, one at a time, and get another ten balloons, put them 
in his upper and bottom rows of teeth, inflate those, mm-hmm. and just do that ten times in a row. And that would probably uh, get a hundred balloons inflated pretty dang quickly. Because he is wow. Obelisk the Tormentor. And he has custom balloon-holding teeth. <laughs> custom balloon-holding <laughs> teeth. You know, next time I see somebody's teeth, I'm going to be like, wow, look at those balloon holders. <laughs> Listen, if they're... Look at those sparkling balloon holders. If they have just, like, six massive teeth with huge spaces in between them, like Obelisk the Tormentor does, you could fit the ends of some balloons in there. Could blow up some balloons pretty fast, couldn't you? With those teeth. <laughs> and that is how Obelisk the Tormentor uh, would blow up thinking- ten balloons at a time. Picturing Obelisk the Tormentor at the dentist with that like <laughs> that like little bib on, you know, and they're, they're getting reclined back in the chair. And the dentist's like, all right, say, ah, uh, oh, wow, yeah, I bet you could blow up a lot of balloons with these things, huh? Obelisk the Tormentor is yeah. like at least 30 feet tall or so, right? He could very easily oh, fit sure, some at least. balloons in there. At least. You know, as a person with unfortunately large teeth, um, I'll, I'll try this. I'll get back to you. Please don't. I feel like on a regular sized <laughs> human, it would actually hurt your mouth a lot. To inflate yeah, I also don't know if you could produce teeth. that much air. That's true. That's true. Also, my teeth are really close together. Yeah. Albalists are not, which is why he is able to do this. The balloons shut. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Please do not force I don't your teeth like... apart with trying to blow up balloons. I don't. <laughs> I don't like picturing any of this. Well, I'm sorry, Tyler. The goal is to not make you feel comfortable with how Obelisk blows up balloons. The goal is for Obelisk Tormentor to blow up balloons, and that's what Obelisk he's doing. Obelisk is just like becoming just like a giant Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> A little kid, like, turns around and, like, out of the, the grate, like, in, in the sewer system, Obelisk just, like, stands up and, like, cracks entirely through the pavement. <laughs> He's just standing a good 20 feet tall out of the sidewalk. Just hands, hey, kid, you want to? Oh, I guess we can't come down here. There's no more room. <laughs> just hands him a balloon. Who's that British, who's that British comedian with the, poli- with the, te- with the teeth? All of them. Got him. (laughs) Zing. Uh, With the teeth. Yeah, he was on the Big Fat Quiz the other day. (laughs) Rob Beckett. What about Rob Beckett? But he could blow up Oh my God, I just pulled up a picture of Rob Beckett. (laughs) This guy has got some shining balloon blowers. (laughs) (laughs) He's got some chompers. (laughs) Rob Beckett is clearly the obelisk, the tormentor of British comedians. (laughs) I think he'd be flattered. I hope so. I hope so. <sighs> Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. That was right. enlightening. That was great. Is it my turn? Yeah. That's okay. how this game works. Yeah, I was just making sure. Lauren was like, yeah, that's great. And then just starts looking at her phone. So I know that oh, I know waiting. that this is going to go my way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I have been racking my brain trying to figure out how Red Eyes Black Dragon would blow up balloons. <laughs> He's so pointy. That- He's so pointy He's in every way. He's very pointy, and, and he also has fire. That's the difficulty is anything that Red-Eyes Black Dragon would do that involves Red-Eyes Black Dragon directly interacting with a balloon would result in a balloon being popped. So, knowing this, and knowing that the High Commissioner's goal is to have 100 inflated balloons at the end of the challenge, Red-Eyes Black Dragon... Yeah, I want some balloons. Red-Eyes Black Dragon is going to take 
the balloons, which I, I assume are in a, a sack of some kind, unblown, uh, take them and use the skills that Red as Black Dragon does have at their disposal, which are, according to the card text, being a ferocious dragon with a strong attack. And Red Eyes Black mm-hmm. Dragon, because J- Jimmy, in your description, you mentioned that Obelisk the Tormentor could drive to the you know department store or something. Given the large enough um, car. Yeah, sure. Implying the existence of cars and department stores in this fictionalized universe, Red Eyes Black Dragon is going to fly to the nearest Applebee's. And you know how there's always that one guy that they hire in Applebee's that just does balloon animals? I can't. Say that, well, God, it's been so long that I've been in an Applebee's. I'm trying to remember a (laughs) time. You've never seen a balloon artisan in an Applebee's? What's an Applebee's? Well, you see, Lauren, when you're there, you're family. (laughs) No, that's Olive Garden. Fuck. Shit. I don't know what an Applebee's is anymore. Um, No, okay. So fine. So not an Applebee's. He goes to the circus. He goes to wherever there are going to be professional balloon blowers. A circus, apparently. Sure, clowns clowns make balloons all the time. They're filled with them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have neither of you seen a balloon? <laughs> Have you seen a professional person yes. blowing a balloon? Because this is what I'm learning is neither of you have seen someone make balloons. I think is is this the not if an the an listeners could see the faces I'm getting right now. <laughs> yeah, not at Applebee's. Okay, where at the zoo? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it's the same deal. <laughs> anyway. Fine, the fucking circus is in town. Red as Black Dragon flies to the circus and uses the one skill at his disposal, which is being scary. Scares the balloon artisan out of their hundred some odd balloons and leaves the bag of unblown balloons at their feet flying away with the already blown balloons. Now, Red as Black Dragon will return with balloons that look different from the balloons they started with, but there are a hundred blown balloons at the end of this. And mm. they have big wings, so can fly pretty fast. Mm-hmm. All of this could happen in, depending on, you know, how close the circus is. I'm picturing, you know, a, a, a outskirts of town, right? Because the circus folk are wanted uh, uh, where the business folk live. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, they're back in, uh, you know, 30 minutes. Now the question, I suppose, is could Obelisk the Tormentor blow up 10 balloons at a time quicker than 30 minutes, if you're saying 30 minutes is what Red-Eyes Black Dragon would take? How long does it take to blow up a balloon? Not that long. How long does it take to blow up a balloon if your lungs are the size of, like, an adult cow? Blow up a balloon right now, Jimmy, I dare you. Yeah, go get a balloon. Go Go blow it up. Go get a balloon, Mr. Confident. I don't have a balloon on me. Uh-huh. Sure. A Just likely story. Go to Applebee's real quick. <laughs> Just go they, to Applebee's. Tell them you're a balloon artisan. You guys are seriously was that only was that only like a Sacramento thing? Like what I don't think that guy was supposed to be there. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely. Every time except one that I've been to an Applebee's, there was somebody there doing balloon. Hey, they just couldn't get him to leave. You want a balloon? <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> this is this They just is, couldn't get that guy to leave. This is they kept Radical kicking him out, me. and it kept coming back. Are you Googling I'm go- <laughs> Applebee's, Applebee's balloons? balloons? 
Okay, there, Applebee's. there is a picture of an Applebee's branded balloon. Okay, well, that's not it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I guess they would give you, like, like on a your balloon birthday. as you're leaving as sure, a child. Sure. Or where else did that? Red Robin did that, Red too. Red Robin did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Red Robin. Rochester.kidsoutandabout.com slash content slash balloon twisting. Balloon twisting at Applebee's. You are fired up about this. Oh, man. A picture of three happy people wearing balloon animal hats at an Applebee's. Wow. With a little... little... You sure that's an Applebee's? No, I'm not sure. The headline just says Applebee's. I haven't seen the inside of every Applebee's. (sighs) (laughs) Wow, Tyler, why are you so upset about this? Because both of you looked at me like I was from fucking Mars for saying that there are balloon animals at Applebee's. Yeah, Mars is like the Apple. Mars is very clearly known for having balloons in its Applebee's. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but the Applebee's in my neighborhood was where all the like sad, washed up adults who hated their lives would go to get really cheap Jack and Cokes. Yeah, and make balloon animals. No, no balloon animals. It was not a place for children. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That, and I guess the football team would go there after games, too. To make balloon animals? No. Oh, okay. Anyhow, yes. So Red Eyes Black Dragon would use the powers of intimidation to swap the unblown balloons with blown balloons. May I offer a rebuttal? My new tongue twister. Yes. Please. The goal was to inflate the balloons, not just coerce some third party into preparing the balloons for you. If that's the case, Obelisk is just going to reach into his pocket, pull out a crisp hundo, pass it to a professional balloon inflator, (laughs) and get all balloons handed to him in just like five seconds. There, I won in five seconds. Hey, I didn't... A, I didn't realize that Obelisk had pockets. B, he doesn't, I didn't know it that doesn't it would mention, use real money. It doesn't come up much in the card art. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> Clearly missed that crucial detail. Also, also, I'm bringing into account going to where the professional balloon blower is. So you have to you have to include a bit of transpo here. Yeah, but it's not the same balloons. The balloons that we were given at the start of the task that, to inflate are still uninflated when, by red eyes. When black you track. when when you asked the question, and I feel this is very much in the spirit of the competition, when you asked the question, is the goal to have inflated balloons or to keep the balloons inflated? The high commissioner clearly stated that the goal at the end is to have 100 inflated oh, balloons. Oh, the goal is to inflate the balloons to 100 of them for a party or some such circumstance. I would love to see you tell Red Eyes Black Dragon that he's brought back the wrong balloons. <laughs> I will. <laughs> well. And just see how that goes. Because you know how I have on my side? Now this is just a straight up duel. Obelisk the Tormentor is <laughs> standing behind me with 4,000 attack and defense. He wipes the floor with Red Eyes Black Dragon. Oh, that's fair. Well, he has to let go of the balloons to do it. So, <laughs> well, call it a draw, I guess. Wow, we're getting real heated about these balloons. Balloon animals at Applebee's were <laughs> a very important part of my childhood, I'm learning. I wonder if there's a balloon Obelisk the Tormentor. Oh. Oh. Is- uh. I think that's all the rebuttals we're going to get here, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, 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 Hi, Commissioner. How do you decree? 
I decree, Tyler, I'm just going to say it. You're not going to be happy with this. I think you, I think it's a technicality. I think you did not inflate the balloons oh. and thus did not fulfill the task. Damn. I'm sorry. That's so as, okay. as improbable as I think it would be for Obelisk the Tormentor to blow up these balloons while they're wedged between <laughs> his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> An image which gets more disturbing as yeah, time passes. Yeah, I don't like thinking about it. But if it were possible, that does fulfill the brief as stated. Yay. You know, Good. That's congratulations, fair. That's fair. Obelisk the Tormentor. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it into the spreadsheet. I'm making it official. I'm sorry, Tyler. Jimmy and Obelisk the Tormentors. Grotesque. Uh... <laughs> Balloon blowing teeth. What a horrible sentence. Now I'm picturing Obelisk the Tormentor in the moment before he removes the balloons to tie them off. <laughs> and he's, just and he's got all these balloons like around his mouth. Yeah, it's that face with 10 balloons protruding from it. It's like Imagine br- the spit buildup. It's like mm-hmm. Obelisk is like breathing into a paper bag to calm down, except it's just 10 balloons. So it's just like. The balloons have you guys ever played? Have face. you ever played? Uh, have you ever played Chubby Bunny? Yes, unfortunately. No, but I know what it is. You know what it is. You you put the the peeps, uh, marsh- the marshmallow yeah. bunnies in, in your mouth, and you see how many you can get in while you can still say Chubby Bunny. Uh, my church played a version with Dum Dums, the the tiny yeah. lollipops, uh, and it I, seems more dangerous. Oh. It's a choking oh, hazard. Absolutely. And you get to a point where you have so many in your mouth where you're just like drooling and you can't, yeah, gross. you can't do anything about it. And you're just like breathing through the spaces in between the dum-dums uh-huh. and you have to say dum-dum. And I won with 36 dum-dums. Holy shit. Wow. It's a lot of dum-dums. Which makes me big old dum-dum. <laughs> I do, I do want to uh-huh. say one clarifying point is that with Obelisk the Tormentor's method, you wouldn't get balloons that float. Right, because you have to have helium for oh, that. Oh, correct. Yes. Um, but that I did not specify that you needed floating balloons that's, either. So yeah, balloons that's accurate. Inflated. That's on you. I just want to say that. Yeah, just inflated. Yeah. Well, congratulations, anyway. Jimmy, and congratulations, Obelisk the Tormentor, in inflating one hundred balloons. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Good job, Obelisk the Tormentor. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. I hope this has been. A welcome respite from the garbage fire that is the year so far. Uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Discord at heartofthe.cards slash Discord. And of course, that's our website, heartofthe.cards. Uh, as we mention every week, and I feel like this week it's especially important, in the show notes, we have a link to blacklivesmatters.card.co. A lot of great places to go and donate this week. I'd like to especially recommend uh, ACLU as legal battles are going to be a big part of this year, it seems. So mm-hmm. donating to places like that will really, really help um, if you can, of course. And if you can't, there's other ways to help out. I was actually just watching. Um, there's a, a YouTube playlist that they link to there. And the ads on the playlists are all uh, for black-owned companies. Uh, so if you want to go and support black people, indigenous people, people of color, um, you can actually just watch YouTube videos and don't skip the ads. And so yeah. the ads support these people. And it's really, really cool that. to That's think like... That's a free like, way to do it. 
yeah so it's even if you don't have anything to to donate monetarily right now you can donate time and you can learn in the process too because these are really like ed- good educational videos as well um so yeah go and do that um Next week, we're going to be talking about parts two and three of Brothers in Arms. So we'll finally get through this three-parter. We'll do the uh, final, or the, the halftime uh, task dungeon. Exodia versus Exodia's own arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm really it's excited to good. see how Exodia's arm is going to beat Exodia. Um, so we will talk to you all next week, I guess. And until next time. That boat's your deck master? <laughs> <laughs>